Somebody love him. Somebody love him. Hallelujah. Come on, it feels good for just a few moments. Somebody love him. Come on, he's in this house. He's in this house. Hallelujah. I'll sing hallelujah. The highest praise to the Lord. Come on, doesn't it feel good to be in the presence of God? No place I'd rather be than in the presence of Jesus. Hallelujah! Come on, if you have any knees in this house, why don't you lift up your voice? Begin to call on the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. You can begin to call on the name of Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess. Hallelujah, Lord, we love you, Jesus. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. I think God's worthy of it all. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. At this time, if you could open up your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 5. And as you're turning in your Bibles, I'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classrooms. Amen. Thankful for all of our Sunday school teachers and Sunday school students. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Mark chapter 5 and verse number one the Bible says and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes and when he was come out of the ship immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him no not with chains because that he had often been bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces neither could any man tame him and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones but when he saw Jesus afar off he ran and worshiped him Skipping down to verse number 15. And they come to Jesus and see him that was 
Everybody say was. Him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told, told them how it befell him that was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit, Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. They are in the Gadarenes. And Jesus tells him when he's delivered to go home. And he ends up in Decapolis. He made a place of ten cities. The Bible says of this man that no one could bind him. No, not with chains. Because often he'd been bound with fetters and chains. But the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And I really feel to preach with the help of the Holy Ghost on this subject, chain breakers, chain breakers. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this building. Hallelujah, Lord, I believe that you have deposited this word in my spirit for this house today. And God, I pray that it would go forth and accomplish that which it was sent out to do. Come on, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. God, we worship you. We give you glory and honor. I pray that there would be some chain breakers arise in this house. Hallelujah. That the power of God would make those that were possessed and those that were afflicted and those, amen, that were hurt, God, that they would be sitting and clothed at the feet of Jesus in their right mind, ready to do the work of God and the will of God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand, tell him God bless you, and you can be seated. Amen. Good to have all of our guests and visitors in the house of God with us here today. Amen. I think that's all right. Let's give him a hand in Jesus' name. Amen. Chain breakers. This is probably one of my, if not my favorite, stories in the New Testament. Uh, I, I can list several that I, I love, and, uh, but, but there's something about this story that every time I go into it, something new begins to pop out to me. This is a story of devil possession. Now, that concept of devil possession would make those that are uh, in our world, those that are skeptics, say, well, I don't know about that uh, because... If there was such a thing as devil possession, how is it that we don't see a whole lot of that in America? And I would just simply present to you that we have a lot of devil possession in America. Uh, but it's really good at masquerading itself as, as other things, as entertainment. Hallelujah. And there's, there's well, we'd, we'd say that, man, it's just good 
music. But I want to tell you, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have given their life over to Satan and over to the powers and rulers of darkness of this age. Amen. But even in spite of that, just as real as there is a devil, I want to tell you that much more, there is a real God that really loves people, that really wants to see people set free and delivered. Hallelujah. Some people say, well, I don't know about possession. Well, you just gotta you just gotta spend some time with the drug addict that just that they just don't act human and you can't seem to figure out what's going on and and they cannot get free no matter how much they try. You want to talk about possession? I'll tell you about possession. It's people that say, well, I can quit anytime I want and yet they can never put it down. That's possession, folks. Amen. And that you better believe the devil's got his hand in it. People that can't can't stop clicking on their phones and on their internet looking at pornography. That is possession, folks. That is an addiction. And God wants to set this generation free. Hallelujah. And so there, there's there's a lot of speculation about devil possession because some would say, well, if you look through the Old Testament, you don't really see a lot of possession and and uh, demonic activity, but uh, there are a few cases we can look at. We can see that it was King Saul that was afflicted with an evil spirit. And only the man of God, only the man that was, that was full of the Spirit of God, a man by the name of David, who came and played before the Lord. And when David played before the Lord, that evil spirit couldn't handle it. Can I tell you that when you come to the house of God and people begin to worship God and that music begins to go forth and you begin to give God praise, David wasn't playing for Saul. David was playing for the Lord. And when you get amongst people that are living for God and people that are playing for the Lord, I want to tell you there's no devil in hell that can handle that kind of atmosphere. That's why it's important that we come to church and worship with everything we got because it's telling, it's telling all the hell, you got to get out of this place. It's telling addictions, you got to go. It's telling the devil, you have no place in their life. You have Man, There are other other times in which the devil seems to show his face through the Old Testament, but many theologians believe that it is not as open as we see in the New Testament for one simple reason. The devil would not want to manifest himself in the flesh and be seen and be noticed because God himself had not yet manifested himself in the flesh. Amen. The devil's greatest tactic in this generation is to make people believe that he doesn't exist. But the moment that Jesus showed up, Bible says in John chapter 1, that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. John 1 and 14 says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Many theologians believe that the moment that Jesus manifested himself in the flesh, that heaven came to earth, the devil started getting riled up. Come on, I got a Bible for it. Jesus showed up into the synagogue and there was somebody possessed with the devil. Been going to church for a long time. But the minute that God manifested himself in the flesh and showed up, it made devils begin to tremble. It made all of hell begin to get nervous. 
Can I tell you that all of hell begins to tremble when Jesus shows up? Your addictions and compulsions, they begin to shake and quake when Jesus shows up. There is no affliction. There is no sickness that can stand flat-footed in the presence of Jesus. Oh, somebody give him some praise. Hallelujah. Many theologians believe that it was at the moment that Jesus Christ manifested himself in the flesh that as is the devil's mantra, he always tries to copy God. I want to tell you that there is always going to be imposters to the real moving of God's spirit. For every Jehovah, there's going to be the prophets of Baal. Amen. I want to tell you that every every move of God, amen, the devil would say in the, in the prophets, uh, he would say, I want to ascend uh, that I could be like uh, the Most High. When he tempted Adam and Eve, he said, if you eat of this fruit, uh, you'll be like the Most High. Everything the devil does is nothing more than an imitation uh, of what God can offer. Come on. Hallelujah. Drug addiction is just an imposter and an imitator to the gift of the Holy Ghost where we can... Being drunk with wine is just an imitation. Being drunk with alcohol is just an imitation to being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in other tongues. They ain't nothing like living for God. There's nothing like being full of God's Spirit. Somebody give God some praise and magnify Him. Come on, do I got a witness that you used to get drunk, you used to get high, but there's nothing like living for God. There's nothing like being full of the Holy Ghost. Somebody magnify him. Hallelujah. But it is here that the devils begin to manifest themselves when the manifested Christ Jesus begins to show up. For those who don't believe that devil possession happens in our modern day and world, you just travel outside the United States. It's a very real reality. Amen. Very real. You just spend a little time at the psych ward, and you realize that there's no drug that can fix them. The doctors can't seem to figure it out. Psychologists can't figure it out. I remember I used to teach Bible studies at this place called the Carlisle House. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an off center for all of the people that they could not fit in the psych ward. Y'all think I'm, I'm just joking. I'm telling the truth. And uh, you'd go into that place. It's an old, it looked like every horror movie I'd ever saw. It was like an old rundown hotel, and it was check in, check out. There was crazy people lined up in the lobby, and you'd go upstairs. I went in there to teach Bible studies. I'll tell that story at another time. Amen. But I want to tell you, there's people in that place, amen, that no doctor can figure out what's wrong with them. They just they just deem them as crazy. Amen. But I'm telling you, when I walked in that building, I had a man walk up to me, and he said, I, he didn't even know what I was there for, but he said, can I pray for you? I said, sure, bro. He had wounds that were open all the way down to the bone. I want to tell you, this man was absolutely wild. He wasn't even a resident of that place, but the crazy gathered together in that place. People that were afflicted of the devil just like to gather together. And this man said, Lord, I pray that you'd protect this man because if I were him, I'd be scared for my life. And I thought, well, I'm out of here. 
I said, well, I know that's what I wanted to do, but I said, hey, we're having a Bible study uh, in a few moments. I'd love for you to come upstairs, uh, and we're going to talk about Jesus. Uh, You want to know what was happening? Uh, Somebody showed up on position uh, that was full of the Holy Ghost, uh, and the devil could not handle it, uh, and he had to come out uh, and try to stop the moving of God's Spirit. Hallelujah. The devil's very real, but I want to tell you just much more that God is very real, and God is reaching, and God is pulling, and God is still delivering. Amen. I'll tell the rest of those stories at another time. There's some funny ones in there. But it is here at the Gadarenes. Some people, the, the pronunciation is Gadarenes for others. Uh, it, it, it's Gergesons. Which simply means, the name of the city means those who have come from a long pilgrimage or a fight. This man that is possessed of the devil has come hundreds of miles from a place by the name of Decapolis. And is now, he's come on a long pilgrimage. He's been enduring a long, long fight. This man is the worst condition of anybody that we find in the entire Bible. I I go ahead and offer anybody to bring me somebody else that's in a worse position than this. Some would say, well, what about Mary? She was possessed with seven devils. I submit to you that this man was in the worst case scenario of anybody in the Bible because he had a legion of devils. That is a minimum of 6,000 demons living on the inside of him. He's worse than anybody that you would find in the Old Testament. Yes, Jacob was a liar, a cheat, and a thief, but this man is in the tombs. He's naked. He's living in the mountains and the tombs. He stinks to high heaven. He's been in prison so many times, but nobody could tame him. He's been chained up, but he would rip through those chains like they were just pieces of paper. Amen. He would cry. He would howl day and night in the tombs. He would cut himself with stones until he bled. He was not able to be controlled by any man. He was not able to be controlled by any system. He was not able to be controlled by any government. And even the devils that possessed him, the 6,000 devils, we know that they were trying to get him to kill himself because he would cut himself. And the moment they went into the swine, those swine ran down the hill and they committed suicide. But even the devils that possessed this man could not convince him to kill himself. He could not be tamed by man, and he could not be contained and tamed by the devil himself. He was a worst-case scenario. And can I preach to somebody here today? God loves worst-case scenarios. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter how messed up they are, where they come from, who their mother or father is. I want to tell you, God loves to take worst case scenarios that are all messed up and turn their life around. Do I got a witness in the house that says I was a worst case scenario? I was messed up. I was tore up from the floor up. But God, but God, somehow, someway, God saw something in me and he pulled me out and he turned my life around. Somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Well, somebody in this house today would say, well, you don't know what my life's been like. I want to help you here today that God specializes in worst case scenarios. And that I want to tell you, I hope and I believe there's not anybody in this building that's possessed with 6,000 devils. But even if you are, I want to tell you there's a God in this building that can churn. He can deliver you. He can set you free. And he can change your life. But it is there. This man is a worst case scenario. Everything's wrong in his world. He's absolutely a lunatic. Written off by society. Written off by the government. Written off by family. Hallelujah. I know there's some folks that can testify to that. But when, when he saw Jesus, I, I don't know how good this man's eyesight was, but I know he was up in the mountains and in the tombs. And Jesus was coming over the Sea of Galilee, over to the Gadarenes. And there was a storm in the middle of the sea. And somehow this man saw Jesus set that entire storm and stopped it right then and there. The man that controlled the wind and the waves. And he looked down and said, if that man can do it for the water, I wonder what he can do with my life. If he can do that with the weather I wonder what he can do with my life and there he runs several miles down the hill and by the time Jesus is stepping foot off the boat this man is falling at his feet worshiping Jesus this man had something right he was possessed with devils yes but somehow some way he was in tune with the spiritual because he's one of the few people in the Bible. Amen. Some would read that and say it was the devils. No, it was the man. He said, hey, please don't torment me. I, 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 didn't, I just came to worship. And he said, you're Jesus. I know about you. I've heard about you. I want to tell some folks, amen, that there might be a lot wrong with you. But you came to the house of God here today. And you made it to church. And you know there's something different in this building. You know there's a God that can change your life. There, he made the decision. No devil could stop him. I preached about this a while ago. You still got a will. You still got a choice in the matter. If you want to serve God, there is no devil that can stop you. There is no relationship that can stop you. There is no addiction that can stop you. All you got to do is make it up in your mind, honey. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to serve God. And God saw this man. And, and we're going to skip this part of the middle because it's not that important. I'll tell you why it's not that important. Because the conversation with the man was what was important. Jesus had a conversation, but the devil said, get out of him. Yeah, go ahead. You can go on the swine. They ran off into the deep and killed themselves. And he went right back to the conversation with the man. I want to tell you that God looks at the devil and he just, the Bible said, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall as lightning. It was nothing more than a blink in the mind of God. And Satan was already defeated. For those that would say, well, I don't know how I'm going to get delivered. It's nothing more than just God saying it's over. It's done with Hallelujah. You might be possessed with the worst of devils. 6,000 a legion but all you need is God to step into your life and say it's finished. It's over. Devil, you got to go. Devil, you're evicted. And all of a sudden, you'll be sitting clothed and in your right mind. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. 
God delivered this man because God had a plan for his life. I've said this before and I'll say it a million more times, but God never delivers somebody, amen, without first having a plan for their life. If you are sitting in church here today, I want you to know God has got a plan for your life. If God has ever delivered you, it's because God's got a plan for your life. If God ever sets you free, it's because God's got a plan for your life. If he brought you to this house to deliver you, that lets me know God's got a plan for your life. But it is there that we look at this man and, 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 and the Bible would say that no chains could bind him when he was possessed of the devil. No man could intimidate him when he was possessed of the devil. Nothing could make him feel ashamed because he was naked and he was possessed of the devil. He was not afraid of hurt or pain or what anybody else would do to him for he would be in the tombs cutting himself and bleeding. This man that was possessed of the devil, there was a lot of things that he would do. Amen. I want to tell somebody, I want to ask the question, what could God do with an individual like that? What could God do with somebody that is not intimidated of anybody? What could God do with somebody that could not let any chains bind them, but in themselves they were a chain breaker? What could God do with an individual that was not ashamed of what others would think and what others would say? What could God do with somebody that was not concerned with his personal image? and his personal brand what could God do with somebody that was not concerned with what everybody else around him was doing what could God do with somebody that was not afraid to go to the deepest darkest most lonely places what could God do with somebody that was not afraid of the high places and the mountains what could God do with somebody that was not scared of dead things that was not afraid to walk into a region and an area that was spiritually dead, that was physically dead. What could God do with that kind of person? Lift up your hands and let's pray. I came to preach to some chain breakers in the house of God. There's some things God saw in you a long time ago. There's some things God's been looking at your, in your life that God said, I can use that. I can work with that. I can, come on, I can make something out of that. Somebody pray all across the building. Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, I want to tell you, God didn't just call you based on your weaknesses, but God called you based on your qualities and your strengths as well. God didn't just call you based on your deficiencies, but God called you because he knew there's something in there that I can use. Somebody love him all across the building. Hallelujah. What could God do with an individual like that? This man that was born... He was a chain breaker from birth. And now that he's going to be born again, 
God's got a plan to make him a spiritual chain breaker. Instead of going with Jesus and being like all the other disciples, being trained up, he wanted to go with them. But Jesus said, no, I don't need to train you up anymore. Many of us would say, well, that's the kind of person that needs a little more counseling. That's the kind of person that needs a little more touch, a little more time. But it's that very worst case scenario individual that when he really get a hold of that man and he is seated and he's clothed and he's in his right mind, Jesus says, I don't have to wait any longer. I can use somebody like that. The moment that you get your mind right, the moment that you get your life right, the moment you get your posture right and you're seated with Jesus, he said, I can use that. He didn't have to go with the rest of the disciples. But I want to tell you, there's, there's a downside to this individual. And it's something we all would slip into. This man that was okay with being all by himself in the tombs, cutting himself, crying, all by himself, breaking through chains and breaking through all this, said, well, I want to be with Jesus, and I want to be like all the other disciples. Hallelujah. Amen. This man that was called out, he was called out. He was different from the very get-go. He was called to do the work of God from an immediate situation of possession that was now deliverance. And here he wanted to be just like all the other disciples. Can I preach to those in the house of God? Amen. It's not the will of God that you should fit in with everybody else. But God has called you out so you can stand out because he's got a plan. Hallelujah. God never called people, amen, just to fit in. If you got a testimony of what God has done, he's going to use that testimony. Don't try to hide it. Don't try to conceal it. you got to let it out. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Come on, let's pray for just a few moments. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, I want to live with Jesus, and I want to stay with the disciples. But Jesus said, no, the plan I've got for you is going to take you away from the crowds. It's going to take you away from everybody else. I want to tell the church, God has called you out for a reason. God has called you to this place for a reason. God has called you to this city for a reason. God has called you to the wilderness for a reason. He's got a plan. But there, this man, he wanted to fit in with everybody else. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I got a plan for you. Amen. I want to tell some folks, God does not, and I, oh, I want to help somebody. There are people that when they were not saved, when they were afflicted of the devil, when they are afflicted with sin in their life, there are people in this building that before Jesus, if we were to go back to B.C., before Christ, there'd be a party animal. There'd be somebody that was living recklessly, and they lived their life with abandon. There was one that drove too fast, drank too much, and smoked smoke too much. There's the people that were at the party, but there's some folks in the house that went to the party before the party. They showed up to the party, and then yes, there was something we called the after party, and I want to help you here today. Now that you've been set free, now that you've been delivered, now that you're in the house of God, I want to tell you, don't skip the prayer room party. Don't 
It ain't time to skip the church party of praise. And it certainly ain't time to skip out on the altar call after party. Can I preach to somebody? Now that God sets you free, you got to let loose the very qualities that got you to this place. You got to let loose the very things that God saw in you. You got to let it out. Oh, somebody clap your hands and say it all across the building. Come on, somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. Come on. If you live wild for the devil, it ain't time to become passive when you're living for God. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. Come on, there's some folks here today. You were never a reserved individual. Come on. It wasn't one part of you that was reserved. But then you got saved and thought, well, I better tone that down and I better. I want to tell somebody, God, I, I want to help you because there's many that, that, were, that were maybe they, they thought this or I don't know where it got there that they would misquote and misuse the verse that Paul said. He said that there's nothing good in me that is in my flesh. What he's saying is in my carnal nature without God there's nothing good. That's right. But there's some folks that say, well, I'm just a slug. I'm a terrible person. And the only reason God loved me is because I'm nothing. Stop that. God doesn't honor self-pity. Oh, hallelujah. I, I'm telling you, it was an attack of the devil when I first got saved. God only loved you because you're from a drug home. God only loved you because you were abused. God only loved No, I want to tell you, God loved me because I had a lot of good qualities in there. I'm preaching the gospel today because God saw a young man and said, I see something in you. There's a chain breaker on the inside. There's some qualities. You're not intimidated. You're not ashamed. You're not afraid. And when you preach the gospel to the capitalists, it will not change. I want to tell some folks, it is time, those that were not ashamed of the world, to get out and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel. There's people that when you weren't saved, You'd give your last dollar to anybody in need. Now that I'm sanctified, a little more calculated. I want to tell you, God called those very qualities out of you and saw your giving heart and said, I can use that. There's some folks that when somebody needed help, you were the first to volunteer to all your friends. When somebody needed a place to live, you were the first to say, well, our house is trash. We party every night, but you're welcome to stay on my couch. There was compassion. It's not time to lose that now. Somebody lift up your hands. Come on. I know there's some things God eradicates, sinful things, carnal things, but there's things that all God got to do is dust it off and sanctify it in His blood. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. God's calling the chain breakers. 
God's calling those that nothing could hold you down. Not one little offense would offend you back then. Don't let yourself get bitter and offended now. Not one thing would bother you. Just shake it off and take another swig. And you keep on trucking, honey. But now, I want to tell you, you've got to have that kind of tenacity. You've got to have that kind of faith. Somebody pray. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. God is calling to the very qualities in you that he reached for in the beginning. God's saying, pull those out. Pull those out. I didn't give up on those. I'm not stopping those. I'm sending you. Somebody pray in the name of Jesus. Somebody be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's some people that were passionate for the devil that God's saying, if you could just be that passionate for me. Come on, if you, were, if you endured that much when you were lost, what could you endure now that you're doing the will of God? Come on, there's some tenacity rising in the house. There's some chain breakers rising in the house. There's some folks saying, I've been through too much. I've experienced too much. I got too much invested in me to not let it out now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Can I be real with some folks? There was a season. I'm going to be very honest. Brother Mark, there was a season not that long ago where I started thinking, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. It's too tough. It's too hard. Can anybody else testify they've been there? Okay, just hoping we're all in the same boat. If not, pray for me. And then I started to go back in my mind of every hard thing I've ever been through. Before I even knew Jesus, I remember being homeless. I remember being abused. I remember all these things of being neglected. I, I remember these moments and how it made me feel and how it stressed me out. And I began to think to myself, if I could do that without God, if I could endure that without God, this is nothing. Because now, greater is He that is within me. You know what that moment was, Brother Mark? Jacob coming out of the mother's womb, holding on to his brother. Second, not first. Behind, not ahead. The tail, not the head. The borrower, not the lender. There's some folks that started life out that way. And he held on. He tricked his brother out of a birthright. He lied and cheated his, his brother out of the blessing. Uh, he stole and he cheated Laban out. And now he's in a wrestling match with God. He's living for God. He's serving God. Amen. And, and that angel looks at him and says, what is your name? Because for some reason, Jacob will not let go of me. Brother Jonathan, he said, I am Jacob. 
You know what that is? That's a chain breaker. That's a chain breaker. That even before they were living for God, there were some qualities in their life that would not allow them to let go during difficult times and hard situations. And now that he's got his hand on God, he's made it up in his mind. I'm Jacob, and I will not quit. This man went to Decapolis, and instead of breaking off physical chains, he went to ten cities and said, Jesus is calling you. He began to baptize people. He began to preach to people. He broke the chains over an entire region God is calling a chain breaker in the house I'm done preaching would you lift up your hands in your voice I'm done preaching the very qualities that have gotten you this far God's saying I can use those for my kingdom the very qualities that have made you an asset to the world and to the devil are the very things I'm calling because it's going to make you an asset in my kingdom. You're to break chains, not of the devil. You're to break chains off of a region. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? I want to open up this, this altar. Do I got any old ex-party animals that'll say, I'll make it to the house of God. I'll make it to the prayer room. I'll make it to the altar call. I won't stop until I'm drunk. I'll keep on going. When you get full of the Holy Ghost, don't just stop when you're full. Let it be waters that are flowing out of your belly. Let it be overflow. Come on. There are chain breakers in this house. There are people that got gifts and callings that came from God before you were even formed in your mother's womb, Jeremiah. God's got a plan. You gotta let it come out. You gotta let it come out. God's gonna break the chains off Carson City, but it's gonna be through you and I. God's gonna break the chains off of Reno and Fallon and Silver Springs and Dayton and Minden and Gardnerville, but it's gonna be through you and I. Come on, somebody pray. If you're still afflicted, if you're still bound, I want to tell you, there's a chain breaker in this house, and his name is Jesus. He can break every spirit. He can break every addiction. He can break every compulsion. And when he delivers you, go deliver. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain.
change.